This is the How to Be a Steminist podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany, a proud woman in STEM. To me, being a Steminist means creating a wildly fulfilling career without compromising your family or social life. Because when you love your whole life, you become a living example that a career in STEM is where it's at. I'm on a mission to equip women in STEM around the world with strategies to take back control of their career progression, navigate those difficult and awkward gender equality issues, and stop balancing work with life and start enjoying it. If you want to learn all the things no one else teaches you about being a woman in STEM, you've come to the right place. Let's get stuck in. Hello, I am really glad you could join me today for this discussion on five ways you're unknowingly blocking positivity in your life. I'm probably going to point out some things that are really obvious, but things that you haven't thought about or it's just not been at the forefront of your mind. So hopefully this will be a bit of a mind-blowing topic for you. And because they're obvious things, they will be things that are easily fixed as well. So yeah, lots of things that you can do to unblock that flow of positivity in your life for all the reasons I've talked about in the past few episodes as to why positivity and optimism is so important for you to achieve your goals. I won't repeat myself again because I'll sound like a broken record, but a bit of background of what's been happening in the past week. So I went away with my family last week, which was really lovely. And I'm still kind of, you know, enjoying all those lovely memories I have with little Harry running around. It's so cool now that he's walking and running. We can do so many things together, meet other kids, and he can have his own freedom. I remember lots of people saying to me, Tiff, you know, once he starts walking, you know, once he's this age and starting to walk, it'll be a whole different ball game. It'll be really hard. I don't know. Are you a parent? Do you keep getting told by people that things are going to be really awful and hard? I'm actually really loving it. Of course, there are new challenges. Of course, there are things that are going to be difficult. He's starting to throw some tantrums. He's starting to really stamp down his foot on what he wants and he's running around. So yes, sometimes it's a challenge to keep an eye on him, but it's so joyful to watch him explore the world on a new level, like literally on a new level, because he was on the floor before and now he is able to reach different things. It's really cool to watch him just be more adventurous and show his personality a bit more. But what have I been doing the last few days. Um, I've got to say, (laughs) so I'm not a planner. You know how some people are really great at planning and they love a plan. They love planning out holidays. They're the friends who, you know, if you go on holiday with them or you're spending a weekend away, they've got a list of things that they know um, you should do in the area or a list of restaurants and bars that they know are good. They've done all the research, they've planned out, this is what we should do at this time. And in the afternoon, we should visit this place because the sunset's really nice. I'm not that person. I am not a planner. So I have had quite a difficult task being not a planner to plan my husband's 40th birthday weekend coming up this week. And I've got to admit that I have 
definitely spent more time stressing out about it than actually doing anything. Can you relate? Are you that type of person as well sometimes? I think that um, most people can relate to this somewhere or another where you spend more time being stressed or frustrated or anxious about something than actually doing the thing that will make you less anxious. So that's definitely true for me. I think that for me, the the block initially was, oh, I don't know how much money, you know, our friends will want to spend. So luckily I've booked the venue. We're going away for the weekend in this lovely country house in the middle of the Cotswolds in the UK. So we've got that sort of, got the cost sorted. And then the next one was, oh, I don't know what, um, you know, activities people will be into and all the kids are coming. So do we have to, uh, plan around their schedules? Oh my God, it's been an absolute nightmare in my brain. It probably isn't that hard in real life, but I have made mountains out of molehills. But this morning I had a really good planning session. I've got some things ready. I've got a little quiz, uh, ready. None of, none of my friends listen to this podcast, including my husband. So they won't hear any spoilers, <laughs> but yeah, are you a planner? Are you the type of person who's like me, who stresses out about planning the smallest things? Let me know. I'd love to hear what you think. And if you have any ideas for games that we can play at this weekend away. Right. Let's talk about today's topic. I'm really excited about this one because I love to point out the obvious and by obvious, I don't want to make you feel bad for not realizing these, these things. It's just that when you're able to point out obvious things that are easy to fix, it can be such a life changer, can't it? It can make, help you make a change really quickly. And I hope that this will have a huge impact on your life and your weeks moving forwards as you start to develop this positivity around your life and work. So as I mentioned in previous episodes, it's so important to make sure that you stay as positive and optimistic as possible. And of course, life happens. Of course, things dip. Of course, life throws grenades your way and you have to deal with them. And it's not a fairy dust and posies all day long, is it? <laughs> but for the things that you can control, why not try and make it as positive as possible so that you can attract the opportunities and yeah, the, the things that you want in your life to you. And today, what I'm going to point out are things that maybe you didn't realize were in your control, or maybe you just hadn't thought about it. So let's get started on thing number one that is unknowingly blocking your positivity. And that is judgmental thinking. Yes, judgmental thinking. This is something completely in your control, right? And it can be a really tough one, especially if you are firstly surrounded by colleagues or friends who are quite judgmental or like to gossip. It is really easy for you to get caught up in that cycle of judgmental thinking. So 
if you are in a conversation and someone kind of throws in this judgmental comment of, oh, you know, he's always working. Um, what's this phrase that people used to say all the time at my workplace in Melbourne? He's flying by the seat of his pants. So kind of like saying, yeah, he's just making it up as he goes along or she doesn't really know what she's talking about. She's just making things up as you have a conversation and she's just winging it. So little comments and digs that people can start to infiltrate conversations that you have. And, you know, you are the sum of the five closest people to you. So if you spend a lot of time with judgmental people, that is probably how you're going to start thinking yourself as well. So judgmental thinking, if you can reduce that in yourself, or even if you catch yourself thinking something judgmental and stop yourself from saying it out loud, that's a really good way to start to strengthen that positivity muscle in you. Sometimes we can't help it. We have these thoughts pop up and I don't want you to beat yourself up about it. All I want you to do is to change your reaction. So a thought might pop up and you've got a choice, right? You have a choice to either act on it, maybe say what you're thinking or make someone feel bad for doing something. Or you have a choice to keep it to yourself and maybe even show some empathy. You know, why is that person trying to make things up all the time? Why are they flying by the seat of their pants? Maybe they are really struggling. Maybe they need help. Maybe they feel so much pressure at home and they need to keep the finances going. That's why they're trying so hard at work to make sure that people are uh, listening to them and showing respect and wanting to get these um, promotions at work. So this is a good chance to practice your empathy and maybe even voice some kindness, maybe help turn things around for other people. If they are throwing out judgmental comments, a really tricky one is sometimes when we are trying to stop ourselves from being judgmental, we start judging others for gossiping and judging other people. So it's like a double whammy. We judge other people for judging other people. And you've got to stop yourself from that as well. Again, try and use that empathy muscle that you've got in there. Why are they so judgmental? Are they feeling, um, I don't know, triggered by something? Are they feeling lack of confidence? Is that why they need to put other people down? Are they surrounded by really toxic people? Is there some way that you can show them some kindness? So that's way number one that you might be blocking your positivity. Number two is what I like to call champagne problems. I guess it's a more fun name than first world problems, but basically it is focusing on issues that you've got in your life, but they're actually quite privileged things. I find myself definitely dipping into champagne problem area when I'm feeling low. When my mindset's not good, I start to latch on to complaining about things that are definitely champagne problems. I'm going to list a few of them to you and you are going to be like, Tiff, what the hell? <laughs> How can you be complaining about this? You spoil brat. But honestly, you know, I, I've got to be honest with you. And maybe if you are honest with yourself as well, you may have caught yourself complaining about things that 
maybe you shouldn't have complained about. And these are things I never voiced to other people. I feel like if I had said these things out loud, I would have caught myself. But these were internal thoughts. And sometimes it's harder for us to recognize these because we haven't said them out loud. We haven't declared it to other people. So it's a real testament to your self-awareness if you are able to catch yourself thinking these thoughts and then even better being able to turn them around. So some champagne problems that I have definitely had was one was I spent quite a few weeks really getting very frustrated that I had to tidy up the house before my cleaners came. Like, honestly, come on, Tiff. (laughs) Why are you complaining about that? How privileged must you be to be able to pay for a cleaner? How wealthy must you be to be able to invite cleaners around to your house to do the cleaning so you can focus on your business? You know, I'm so fortunate that I'm in this position. I wasn't always here. And I know there are people who don't even have enough money to heat their houses in the middle of winter to pay for enough food what the hell but i'm gonna be honest when my mindset was bad i thought the worst in everything and i thought that tidying up the house before the cleaners came every two weeks was this huge stress in my life and i hated doing it and why my me and woe is me why is there so much mess in the house just stop tiff (laughs) so Having that self-awareness of realizing you are complaining about something that really is a huge privilege. Like my past self would have loved to be able to tidy up the house in order for a cleaner to come. So now that I've noticed that thought pattern and noticed how ridiculous I was being, I can stop myself. And instead of complaining to my own head, I can really be very grateful that I'm tidying up the house so that our lovely cleaners can come and do their amazing job of making our house sparkling clean. Another champagne problem that I had gotten really frustrated about at one point was um, the fact that I often left things upstairs or left things downstairs. So if I, if I had gone up to bed already and I left my phone all the way downstairs, we've got a three story house. So ground level, first level, second level, um, I'll get so annoyed and I am honestly leaving things all over the house all the time. Don't know where they are. And then I'll go upstairs, try to find my shoes. They're not there. I'll go downstairs. They're not there. Gosh, maybe I hadn't really looked hard enough in the first place. And I get really frustrated. But literally like a year ago, I was dying to move into a house with more space because we were in a one bedroom flat before. Now we're in this three story, beautiful house. So what am I complaining about? Yeah, it's a bit annoying sometimes that I lose things. Maybe it's my own fault for not realizing where I've put things down. So these are examples of champagne problems that I had not even voiced to anyone else. They were just in my head and they were definitely blocking my positivity. Again, instead of complaining to myself about them and having a real, you know, uh, throwing a real kind of emotional internal tantrum, (laughs) I can start to be grateful. I've got this three story beautiful house that 
I had only dreamed about living in in the past year and now I get to walk up and down the stairs looking for my things because it's all over the house and that I'm so lucky to be able to have that. So I encourage you to have a think about what champagne problems have you been thinking about or or even complaining to others about and how can you turn that around so that you're a bit more grateful for the things and the opportunities that you do have in life. The third way that you might be unknowingly blocking positivity is actually putting yourself in situations that increase your negative feelings. Okay, how are you putting yourself in places or situations or conversations where you are increasing your negative feelings? I've got a few examples for you. The first one's a big one, hangovers. They're totally avoidable, right? You are totally in control of how much you drink, how much alcohol you put in your body and how severe your hangover is the next day. This is totally avoidable, yet for a lot of people, when they are hungover, they get what we call anxiety. So when you're hungover and you get that anxiety, um, yeah, that's a real problem. And I don't know enough about the chemicals in the brain and your hormones and everything, but definitely it's a thing when you are when alcohol is leaving your system the next morning, it increases anxiety and it puts you in a really negative state. You might have gotten so drunk that you've forgotten parts of the night, or maybe you've regretted having certain conversations or saying something or acting out on something that your normal self wouldn't have. So there's a huge sense of regret sometimes when you've had a drink or too much to drink and in your hungover, anxious self, it's even worse. That regret is even worse. So sometimes hangovers for me in the past have really caused me lots of negative feelings. And it's not just while I'm hungover. I may regret conversations that I had. And to be honest, most of the time, the other people didn't even care or didn't even remember what I said or, but it's just that feeling of, I wasn't totally in control of my body or what I said and I acted in a way that my normal self would not be proud of and therefore I'm judging my previous drunk self on my sober self's standards. (laughs) Can you relate to that? So when you are putting yourself in a situation of having a hangover, you are really putting yourself in a situation where you might be recovering from negative feelings for, you know, half a week, even, you know, way past when the hangover's over, you might still be regretting or feeling embarrassed about something that happened. And to be honest, this is why for this year, I haven't touched a drink. I have really been focused on manifesting my biggest year yet in terms of Uh, my business, income, health, my happiness, my positivity. And, you know, I've been talking and thinking a lot about positivity the past few weeks. I have decided that I'm not going to drink. So, you know, this is, yeah, this has had a huge impact, really. 
I haven't had to think about, okay, will I drink tonight? Will I not drink tonight? How much will I drink? Will I be hungover the next day? How can I plan for this? So it's not even just the stuff that comes after the hangover. It's the decisions that you've got to make before. And that's really helped me. So for you, if you do drink alcohol and you want to keep drinking alcohol, that's totally fine. But just have a think about how you can be kind to yourself. How can you control that level of drink that you have so that you don't increase your negative feelings? Or if you feel inspired to take a break from drinking and see how that affects your mental health as well, do it. You know, it doesn't have to be permanent. You don't have to make a huge announcement to people. You can just simply choose not to drink. I think it's so funny. And maybe this is a, an episode I can do on its own one day. It's so funny how our society is just geared up for drinking as a social thing. And when you tell people you're not drinking, it's a huge thing. However, most of the time you don't even have to tell them. They won't even know. <laughs> that's my, that's my um, experience anyway. Another way you might be putting yourself in a situation that increases negative feelings is indulging in those whinging conversations. So in gossip in the workplace, or if you do hang out with your colleagues outside of work for coffee or for drinks after work, a lot of the time the conversation goes to what's going wrong, who's being a dickhead, who has screwed something up, who's let you down indulging in those negative conversations where you're gossiping about other people increases your negative feelings. And I get it. It's fun to gossip. (laughs) I totally understand that. It's so easy to get sucked into those conversations and get really involved and start throwing judgments at others. But when you indulge in those types of conversations, it increases the negative feelings in you. It trains your brain to look out for things that are going wrong, people who are doing you wrong, people who are not doing a good job. So if you can try and avoid those conversations as much as possible, and there are ways that you can do this. If if you want to know how to deal with that, please let me know. Maybe I can do a quick Instagram post on how you can exit whinging conversations or gossiping conversations. Another way you might be putting yourself in a situation that increases negative feelings is doom scrolling. (laughs) I don't do this. I have totally cut out the news from my life because I felt like it didn't serve me. I definitely did this during COVID and I just stopped. I remember during COVID, you know, every day there'll be a new I don't know, uh, BBC article or something about the numbers, you know, COVID numbers or what new strain is coming out, how many people are dying. And for me, that just increased my anxiety. It just made me get a little bit obsessed with all the bad news that was happening around me. And I just decided to stop and I never started back up again. I know a lot of my friends, they doom scroll. They, so doom scrolling means going through your phone and scrolling through all the news articles. Maybe you have a news app on your phone that dings every time there's breaking news. Usually breaking news is not a good thing. It's always a bad thing. So if you do find yourself doom scrolling and it is affecting your mental health, it's making you feel negatively about the world. It's making you feel scared 
fearful. Um, you know, there's a lot of news about the financial downturn at the moment. Just stop, take a break or maybe stop completely. See how that feels. I encourage you to experiment with stopping these things and stopping these practices just for a bit and see if that serves you or not. And another similar thing is scrolling on social media. And I want to caveat this. Sometimes it depends on who you're following on social media. So for me on Instagram, I follow a lot of inspirational people or um yeah, other coaches, uh, people who talk about manifestation and what they put out is usually very, uh, very positive. It's inspiring to me. It makes me expand my thoughts of what's possible for my life. And I like that. That is useful to me. However, if you are following, for example, a bunch of really beautiful people, You know, some people might feel that that's inspiring, but if you are feeling like, oh, they've got, they've got it so much better than me. Their body looks so much nicer. They're so beautiful. I'll never be like that. Or maybe you are comparing yourself to someone's in inverted commas, perfect life. And it's making you feel badly about yours. Just stop, unfollow them for a bit or quit social media for a little bit. Maybe you can not look at it during certain times of the day. Um, But I would really encourage you to curate your social media feed, if you are going to use it, to people who make you feel good or who inspire you, who make you think. Maybe people who can point out ways that you could improve your life. Yeah, be really mindful of your social media habits and how you use it. So that's all my examples for putting yourself in situations that increase negative feelings. Another way that you might be unknowingly blocking your positivity is playing victim. And by this, I mean not helping yourself or not feeling like you can control the negative things that are happening around you. Okay, so one example of this, and I did a social media post on this recently on Instagram. Um, A lot of people play victim when they know they're going to have a tough day ahead at work, right? So if you anticipate, right, tomorrow is going to be a really tough day. I've got this huge meeting with a client who's not happy with the results that we've put up so far. And it's going to be a really tricky conversation. Usually what people do Um, instead of helping themselves prepare for a tough day, what they do is before the day even starts, they start getting really stressed out about it all night. They're complaining to their partners or friends about how tough tomorrow is going to be and how much of an idiot that client is, um, how unfair it is that you're in this situation. And then you have this sleepless night and in the morning you just kind of think about and maybe even uh, fortune tell yourself, (laughs) this is what's going to happen. It's going to be really tough. And you're kind of just putting yourself in a situation where you're not helping yourself at all. But I say that with anything that you can anticipate, do something about it. So if you have already anticipated a tough day, why not help yourself? Why not the night before have a relaxing bath 
or watch your favorite comedy, have a really nice meal with your housemate or, or your partner. I don't know. Have a think about how you can relax yourself and just make sure you're having a good time. And maybe another way that you can help yourself is if you know you've got a tough day tomorrow, planning something you can look forward to at the end of the day. So maybe a date night, maybe a movie with friends. Um, I don't know. What is it that you could look forward to tomorrow night so that, you know, after this tough day, you've got something. Maybe you can bring something of comfort from home, like your favorite teacup that always makes you feel cozy and happy so that you can take it to that meeting. And at least there's something small that you've got in your control that you enjoy out of that meeting. So you can be really creative here. But what I encourage you to do is just don't play victim as much as possible. And it can be really difficult to point these situations out yourself sometimes. So growing your self-awareness in this is really crucial. So the next time you feel like, oh, that's not fair or there's nothing I can do, really question to yourself, what could I do? Yeah, maybe I can't get out of this project with the angry client, but what could I do in my own little world to make this conversation easier? And the final way that you might be unknowingly blocking positivity from your life is using language that isn't, yeah, isn't really conducive to making yourself feel good about yourself. I had this conversation with my client recently who she always describes herself as chaotic, um, a bit of a mess. And there's like, you know, things going on all the time. And she uses chaotic a lot of the time to describe herself. And I picked her up on this and she mentioned, oh yeah, I didn't realize that I was using this negative language about myself. And yeah, sometimes it's like when you use words to describe yourself that don't have a positive connotation, you start believing it, you start buying into it and other people start buying into it as well. And it's this vicious cycle. So instead of saying chaotic, what could you say? And we brainstormed a few things. I think what we ended up saying was that instead of her thoughts being chaotic, we decided to say that she was able to hold multiple different thoughts in one time and be able to decipher them. So really start making sense of the things that you're saying to yourself to describe how you work or the way you think or the way that you are. Take note of those words and see if you can swap them for more positive phrases. So those are the five ways that you're unknowingly blocking positivity from your life. I'll just recap them quickly here. So first was judgmental thinking. So maybe indulging in gossiping. The second was champagne problems. So complaining about things or maybe just internally complaining about things that really are privileged problems that you've got. And instead of complaining about them, noticing them and feeling grateful that you've got these problems in the first place. Number three was putting yourself in situations that increase negative feelings, such as having a hangover, indulging in gossip, doom scrolling, and comparing yourself to other people on social media. The fourth way was playing victim. So thinking you can't do anything 
to help yourself or maybe just plainly not doing anything to help yourself when you anticipate something difficult happening. And the last one was the language that you use. Maybe you are unknowingly using negative language to describe yourself, describe your work, describe your emotions. Just have a really good think about that. Notice how you describe yourself to other people in the weeks coming up and swap them for more positive words. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Was it helpful to you? Did you find any of these things useful or mind-blowing? Please let me know over on Instagram. Come and tag me on social media if you have listened to this episode. I'm most active on LinkedIn and Instagram. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you did enjoy today's episode, I would love it if you could please share it with a friend or share it on social media and tag me so I know. I would love to see all your posts and also what you got out of this episode as well. If this topic's been interesting to you and you want to take the next step, I really encourage you to think about whether private coaching with me would be useful to you. Most women in STEM or female founders come to me when they're going through some sort of transition where they're trying to up-level either their career So maybe they're trying to get a promotion, maybe they are trying to get a better job, or maybe it's a mindset transition. They're really trying to level up their positivity, their optimism, and be able to become that next level version of themselves. Come and have a chat with me. I've got a few slots opening up for February for private coaching. All you need to do is book a 15 minute discovery call with me. I'll leave the link in the show notes here. If you have any questions about it, come and message me on Instagram and I can't wait to chat to you soon. Until next week, take care.